Yo. Hey. Oh, this is a, I love this song. I'm going to let this one rock for a second. This one's like an older, breezy song, but damn do I love it. This is a fire-ass song. Hold up. All right, yo, 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 fantastic, uh, wonderful uh, episode of uh, the Draylax podcast in store for you guys. Um, so real quick, uh, it's been a uh, fantastic year, honestly. Um, shout out to y'all that have been rocking with us from the uh, from the get go. Like real talk, it, it means a lot. Um, we. So we were like, um, not like, not like independent, like we on some like independent artist type, type shit. Uh, but like, um, it was me just rocking out here, uh, solo for a minute. And then, uh, my friends at, uh, CDB multimedia so graciously, um, offered me a spot on the, uh, roster. And so now I host not just one, but two, uh, podcasts So you can usually catch me on either this one, Draylax, or you can catch me on Aim High, uh, which I also love hosting. Um, real quick, shout out to uh, the fellas at A Different Angle, so Kyle and Rod, Four Corners of Commentary. Also shout out to uh, Jermaine and Keys from Sucio Sports. And, of course, shout out to the uh, guys that helped uh, build this brand, um, Ahun the Shogun, Marty McFlyer than you, and uh, Sloan Kettering. Um yeah, this, this it's been real dope getting to build something with with all the fellas. Um, it it definitely didn't. I, I'd like to say I don't think the network intended to start out that way. But the coolest thing when you step back and look at it is that we are a podcasting network, and all of the other podcasters on our network are are black. So we pretty much have a black podcasting network. It's it's cool and we definitely are going to be expanding bringing people in of all different backgrounds, creeds and ethnicities and all that and experiences. But uh right now it is the one of the coolest things to just step back and notice like that's this dope. It's dope. Trailblazing pioneer making whatever you want to call it. Uh it is what it is. That's super fantastic. But let's jump into it. So there is what Three days left of 2023, which is crazy. So uh, those of y'all that are trying to go into uh, 2024 guilt and conscience free, y'all should uh, send that text, that apology text. Just don't send it to your ex because we got to move forward, not backwards. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. So uh, this was a phenomenal year in lacrosse. Uh, fantastic. Um, you know, we had, we had Notre Dame win the NCAA championship. Uh, for their uh, men's D1, which is, uh, listen, who expected that? Because uh, they got snubbed the year prior, and they was on some, oh, this is how it is? Okay, bet, watch us. And they went and uh, worked their way to the uh, championship. So uh, even though it came at the expense of my my uh, my, my Wahoos, even though it, it came uh, at the expense of them in the semis, uh, it was really cool seeing Notre Dame uh, get their shine on. Uh, so 
uh and then you know we had the uh the archers um win the uh PLL championship uh don't let the Maryland whip snakes hoodie uh fool you this is me supporting the DMV the uh the area that made me that helped me uh become who I am today uh so I'm always going to support the uh, DMV. Also, the University of Maryland is where I saw one of my first lacrosse games. But don't get it twisted; it's still Archers Nation over here. Don't, don't let it, don't let it fool you. Don't let it fool you. Um, and uh, you know, the NLL Championship, uh, much to my chagrin, because it came at the cost of uh, my uh, Colorado Mammoth. Uh, the Buffalo Bandits won the um, the NLL Championship. Uh, listen. <laughs> Uh, it is really hard to beat a team that has um, Chase Frazier, Dane Smith, and uh, Josh Byrne on that roster. That is that is a tall ask for anyone. <laughs> um, and then uh, you know it 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 was a good um, it was a good uh, year for lacrosse all around. Um, and then the don't forget Northwestern winning the women's uh lacrosse championship. Uh they won that they won that over Boston College 18 to 6. Uh so they honestly they they just showed up and showed out and they even uh made history because that Northwestern's win was the eighth in program history. So um that was just super cool. Like, you know, how you not gonna love that? How you not gonna love seeing new things happen, seeing history be made? Like that's that's cool. I like that. Um and then uh, now we're gonna get into uh, the 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 nitty gritty uh, awards that we out here. Uh, but real quick, let's just go. Let's just shout out all the the six uh, 2023 lacrosse champions that we had. So for men's division one, we had Notre Dame. For uh, men's D two, we had Lenore Ryan. And then for D three, we had Salisbury. And um, I, I believe Salisbury is moving up to uh, the next level from D3, which, again, history is being made. Who don't love progress? Who don't love it? Progress is free. It's beautiful to see, and I promise it's free. Um, and then women's uh, D1 was uh, Northwestern. Um, and then uh, women's D2 was Pace. And women's D3 was Middlebury. So, hey. Uh, round of applause, shout out to um, all these programs for the hard work that they put in. Um, you know, it ain't easy building a winning program. It is a lot of hard work to grind, scrap, and claw. Uh, so, you know, it was really dope getting to see that, uh, all that unfold. Um, shout out to those young athletes who are going to uh, go on to leave uh, very fulfilling uh, lacrosse lives. <laughs> And hopefully lives off the field as well, because this game does have an expiration date. Um, so, real quick, we're going to get into what I call the mandatories, which is um, awards that I had to have on here before I got into the superlatives. Um, yeah, so I call them the mandatories. Uh, first, first things first, amazing season for both the PLL and the NLL the 2022 to 2023 season. Amazing, amazing year. Uh, I split it up into PLL and NLL, so I got time to talk to uh, about both. Uh, so first things first, let's go with the PLL assist of the year. 
Marcus Holman to Asher Knowlton. I know I feel like we said that a lot during the season, but it was uh, in their Redwoods game. It was just a beautiful dish to Asher Knowlton, who just dunked it on the on the doorstep. Um, those two is a very fun combination. It's awesome. Uh, see, saying Batman and Robin would be almost disrespectful because uh, they're more like Batman Superman when they tag team and go in in tandem. Like it, it was great. It was nice getting to see Marcus Holman just almost come come to life this year uh being in a new setting um uh you, you get, those of y'all that heard me on the other podcast y'all might have heard that like you know it in all fairness on the archers roster when he was there he was kind of in a robin like role and out here on the cannons he got to step up like nightwing when nightwing went and joined the teen titans so uh you know brief nerdy moment there it is what it is y'all know who i am y'all know i'm gonna find a way to inject a little bit of comic book talk up in here uh but yeah, so that was the assist of the year. That was, and there was a lot of good assists. So I really had to do my research to narrow down which one I liked. It was really close to getting beat by um, Tom Schreiber's uh, Tom Schreiber's uh, behind the back pass to Ryan Agavin. Um, But you know, I uh, I ain't want y'all to think I was being Archer fan biased, so I had to keep it objective as objective as possible. You know, you know. Um, and, uh, game winner of the year that went to cross Ferrara versus the whip snakes. And here is why, because the announcer, Paul Carcaterra literally says now, mind you, there is like nine ish seconds, like under 10 seconds left in this game. And he says, word for word, I don't know if you want Cross Ferrara taking this in. Like that's that 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 is what he is saying. That is his basic point. And ain't no way Cross Ferrara heard him say that before, until the game was over. Ain't no way because he's on the field. And <laughs> yo, this is this is like it's not even like instant karma, but it's like instant eat your words because whistle blows, Cross Ferrara drives in. Beats his defender, boom, plants it right in the back of the net and, and wins the game. And there were a lot of good game-winning goals, but my goodness, that goal is the one that – that game winner is the one for me because it's just like, yo, literally everybody but your coach and your teammates doubted that you could be trusted to uh, get get the game won, get the game done. And, uh, yeah, that's going to forever be funny for me because uh, it was fantastic to see. <laughs> and I think that is uh, one of the games that me and Jermaine and Sloan were live watching. Is He literally goes, you don't want Cross Ferrara taking it. Boom. Cross Ferrara goes and scores. And Quentin Kessnick goes, eat your words, Kark. Eat your words. Because <laughs> he had to. <laughs> that, what else can you do? uh that that's some that's that's some funny that's that's some funny type ish man what what can i say uh man cross ferrar was on his jay uso down since day one ish just him us um and then uh we are going to give uh um uh save of the year the pll save of the year is gonna go to uh brett dobson versus uh 
the Water Dogs in the PLL Championship because that is a last second um, on like ice in his veins clutch save because that was a two bomb headed for the net and everybody that's watched the PLL knows it is really hard for goalies to stop those two pointers. Because they're coming from distance, locked and loaded, full speed, uh, <laughs> trying to set the net on fire. But um, Brett Dobson was like, hey, I am him. And I, Mr. Ice in his veins, he stopped that He stopped that shot, Got uh, helped the archers get the win. So, you know, love that. Love to see that. Shout out to you, Brett Dobson. Um, and... We're going to give PLL Rookie of the Year to Asher Nolting of the Boston Cannons. Um, Anyone that was watching this season that watched any of those Cannon games know that when it comes to um, his rookie peers, a lot of the rookies showed out and made an immediate impact this year, but none bigger than Asher Nolting, especially based on his um, high ranking on the PLL Top 50. Like, he, he, Asher Nolting is that dude. And I don't say that just as like a Colorado Homer, but like he, he's that dude. He, he's just a big bodied, uh, dominated a lot of the time out there on that field. Like if he, if he decided to drive for the net, good luck stopping him. There was not many defenders that could stop him or turn him away. Um, and I feel like in terms of the rookies that made the most immediate impact, he was the most uh, most deserving. Um, on the previous podcast, we did talk about their stats and stuff, so I'm not going to go too much into stats, stat talk, numbers talk. Um, and uh, PLL Playmaker of the Year absolutely had to go to Ryder Garnsey for his electric style of play this season. Um, yeah, <laughs> Ryder Garnsey is a top 10 highlight reel waiting to happen. Um, every like a lot of games, you could at least pick out a few goals from Ryder, especially in the beginning of the season where he, it, it was incredible. You had to go back and watch it twice. Cause you were like, wait, how, how in blue blazes did he do this? How did this happen? <laughs> um, there's a, spe- especially his toe drag goal. Oh, I forget. I think it's against the Atlas, but man, he beats like, a defender using that toe drag gets knocked down is still cradling it swerves past one swerves past another. Like he's Prince Nana swerving when he drives and plants it in the back of the net. And is just like, what are you going to do? What, what can you do? There's nothing you can do about that. Uh, yeah. Ryder Garnsey. Ryder Garnsey, uh, was, was killing it with that. Um, the uh and finally with the uh last pll segment up here uh is the pll goal of the year which is going to tom schreiber versus the water dogs in the pll championship that goal came down to the wire last second boom puts it in uh back of the net to give the archers the 15 or 14 win uh you know that's just good clock management <laughs> controversial finish they'll try to call it they'll try to say it is it is not it is what it is argue with the wall <laughs> nah, 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 nah. 
but for real, like he he got the shot off within time. It, it, that's and I say that uh, as an unbiased um, person. Uh, and then we're going to switch over to the National Lacrosse League. So we were previously covering the Premier Lacrosse League. Now this is with the National Lacrosse League. So the National Lacrosse League goal of the year, hands down, uh, as much as it's stung to see happen, Dane Smith versus the uh, Colorado Mammoth. Um, just, just an incredible... Incredible goal and incredible performance um, from the uh, Buffalo Bandits all around. Um, but, you know, this was one of the few closer games that the Bandits and the Mammoth had. Um, and Dane Smith just had a beautiful look, beautiful feed from Burn to, to him, um, which is pretty common with the Bandits. And, yeah, Dane Smith's probably one of the best players on the planet. That's, uh, you know, with the exception of uh, Lyle Thompson, Dane Smith's probably the best on the planet that plays the sport. So that was that was really cool to watch, really cool to see. Um, and then the NLL assist of the year is going to go to Zed Williams um, versus the San Diego Seals. <laughs> he hit a beautiful dish and dime. Um, dang, I don't even remember which teammate it was he scored. I was busy watching that pass. Uh, but he just beautiful feed, beautiful feed led to a goal. Boom, right there. We love Zeddy. Zed Williams is a blessing for the Colorado Mammoth and an absolute asset to the Maryland Whip Snakes. The um, game winner of the year goes to Josh Byrne versus the New York Riptide for his uh, three goals in overtime. Josh Byrne, when he decides he's on his Roy Jones Jr., cannot be touched, that's him. He cannot be touched. He cannot be stopped. Mr. Undeniable. Uh, so, Josh Byrne, he got another one. He was killing it. Absolutely killing it. The um, NLL Playmaker of the Year undoubtedly goes to Lyle Thompson of the Georgia Swarm. Lyle Thompson does not always have to score to be a significant playmaker. When he is on that field, it, it his presence is so commanding that teams are always scheming for him, always watching, looking for him. Because if you forget he's there and he gets, he gets a couple of looks and he starts getting hot, he's going to make you pay for it. If you tried to take away his shooting ability, cool. Now he's going to start punishing you with assists. If you try to take away his ability to assist and shoot, he's going to just find a way to get the ball to his teammates. He's going to just find a way to either play good, solid defense, cause transition turnovers. Um, Lyle Thompson is a bona fide playmaker, and that's why he's getting this award. And then the uh, NLL Rookie of the Year goes to Jonathan Donville of the Panther City Lacrosse Club. Um Jonathan Donville, much like he made an immediate impact um, with the Boston Cannons, he made an immediate impact for the Panther City Lacrosse Club. Um, it's it's one of those things where you can't hate it. You, you love to see new things happen in this game. You love to see new things unfold. Uh, change is good. Change is cool. 
change is fun as one of my uh friends ashton once said change is cool change is good change is fun um and i i like a lot of the new changes that are happening in the nll um in regards to college and the pll stop messing with the face-off rules please the fans and the and the fogos are begging stop messing with the face-off rules um and now we've gotten to uh one of my favorite parts of uh the show before i get into um a recap of the uh mammoth game i'm gonna try to be as nice and unbiased as possible but you know i get a little passionate about these things so (laughs) might ruffle some feathers oh well argue with the wall anyways um the uh, first Relax Superlative Award. Uh, any of y'all that uh, know pro wrestling and know who Kenny Omega is is going to be are going to be very well aware with his finishing move called the V Trigger. Um, and so this award is called the V Trigger Award, which is basically the person that's going to be locked and loaded and just ready to shoot from anywhere, anytime. Um, yeah, it's going to be ready to shoot from just about anywhere and has a really uh, solid um, uh, scoring slash uh, shooting percentage. So Tucker Dordovic of the uh, Whip Snakes gets this award because um, even though he was tied with Connor Kelly, I gave it to him because his two-pointers, magnificent to see and just really impactful for his team. Um and so he, you know, it was just decisive when he would step down and hit that, hit that two pointer. It was just magnificent to watch. I was like, Tucker Dordovic, he ain't missed a step since since uh, since Yale or Georgetown. He ain't missed a step. And then Jeff Teat of the New York Riptide. Jeff Teat is Jeff Teat. What uh, what uh, what you gonna say? He, he is one of the most dynamic players on not only the New York Riptide, but on the uh, now in New York, the Atlas. Um, so shout out to uh, Tucker Dordovic and Jeff Teat. Also, congratulations to the other uh, previous uh, NLL and PLL award winners in the uh, mandatories category. Um, and then again, <laughs> more pro wrestling reference. Those of y'all that know who Randy Orton is, knows that he hits his RKO out of nowhere. And that's where these two come in because not only do they have a high shooting percentage, but also their shots on the, on the field seem to just come out of nowhere. Um, Eric law of the uh, Atlas and Connor fields of the Rochester Nighthawks. Um, Eric law has always been a solid dude. Even going back to his days in uh, Denver at DU and um, he picks his spots, right? He picks his time right. Just like Randy Orton is very precise with when he's going to deliver that RKO, Eric Law himself is very precise with his shooting. He he doesn't just shoot just to be shooting. Um, same with him with Connor Fields. And the interesting thing about some of the NLL players that I'm listing is box is a much smaller field than out there on field lacrosse. And so you really have like tight, short windows because the goalies have so much padding and like just where they're at, you really have to maneuver and choose your angles right in order to score to begin with. Um, so 
that one's that that is absolutely solid uh the this is one of the uh few awards that's won by one person because they play in both leagues um the stonewall award is going to go to dylan ward of the of the colorado uh mammoth as well as the pll water dogs um so in the in the pll dylan ward had a 61 percent save percentage um and you know when he is in net for the colorado mammoth the the whole dynamic changes um you know no shade to any of his uh backups but the the team just operates and flows differently when it's ward when it's ward back there same thing with the water dogs when ward's in cage um the the defense just looks better almost slightly more inspired not that uh deluca doesn't do a good job but it's just it, it's dylan ward's one of those goalies that he's just built different he he really is a stone wall dylan ward um brett dobson and blaze reardon are probably the best goalies um in the sport of lacrosse right now and <laughs> moving on to um our other award that is won by one person because they play in both leagues uh here comes the boom get out of his way the human bulldozer graham hossick of the archers and the thunderbirds if you don't understand why i call graham hossick the human bulldozer well you have not watched him play because he will level the competition he will level them they're done you come you if you especially if you come over the middle boom done you, you, if if one of your teammates sees Graham Hossick in your area and still dishes you a pass as you are anywhere in his vicinity, you must have angered them somehow because they don't like you because there was no reason for them to do that. They set you up to get crushed. You were going to get folded like a lawn chair. You were going to get squished like an ant that has no curl with the boot but still gets squished anyway. It It is... It, it is a thing of marvel to watch when it's not you it happens to. Um, you absolutely could not pay me to get hit by Graham Hossick. Or Jared Newman. No. No. Garrett Apple, I, I think I can I think I can actually dodge on Garrett Apple. I, I think I could. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Please don't challenge me to that, Garrett Apple. Um, um, and then uh, this, war, this award's fun. Um, it's called uh, Mask Off. Face off. It's a reference to Mask Off by Future. Those of y'all that are hip and in the know, you know. Polly Perkins said, hey, Mask Off. Yeah, that one. Um, so for the PLL, it's going to go to Trevor Baptiste because the man had a 70% win on his face offs. And like when it comes to face off, guys, Trevor Baptiste is the last of a dying breed because not only will he beat you on the face off, but if he can get past you, uh, past the defender that's on him, He's going to go score. He's not afraid to go score. Like, Trevor Baptiste is a dog. He is that dude. He's been that dude since he was at DU. Um, so, you know, it, it was – it was. Uh, I think if the face-off rules had been different, had not been changed, uh, the Atlas would have won more games because with Trevor Baptiste winning a majority of face-offs, it's almost uh, impossible like it should be impossible that they were on the bad end of as many games as they were. Um, and then 
for the NLL side, we have Jake Withers of the um, uh, the Thunderbirds as well. Um, so it's uh, oh no, sorry, yeah, the Halifax Thunderbirds. That that's what it is. Um, yeah, Jake Jake Withers just really he's been doing good at faceoffs uh, and scooping up those loose balls since his rookie year. Um, since his rookie year back in uh, 2018. Um, he's just gotten better and better as time has gone on. Um, it's it's really a, a treat to watch him out there in the on the field making an impact. Um, and that is going to wrap up the superlatives and the uh, mandatory awards. And now we're gonna slide into our NLL um, recap because the PLL is in their off season. So let me. Uh, just go through real quick and give you guys a look at the standings. So um, for those of y'all that don't know, the NLL has switched to a, uh, a unified table, which means it is um, when it comes to playoffs, it is best of the best they go. So no longer is it your conferences um, as much as it is um, just the top eight. Um, now I will say we are only three game. We are only three games at most in like three games. This is like, this is week. What is it? Week five. I think this is week five that we're going into. Um, so if you hear your team uh, is winless, don't panic. It's a long season to go. Don't panic. Short season, but long season. Don't panic. Uh, so at the top of the table, undefeated, the Albany Firewolves, the Rochester Nighthawks, the Hal- uh, those two teams are three and zero. The Halifax Thunderbirds and the Toronto Rock are two and zero, and then um, the Georgia Swarm are two and one. The Buffalo Bandits are one and one. San Diego Seals are one and one. Saskatchewan. Ugh, what a name of a city. The Saskatchewan Rush are one and two. Las Vegas Desert Dogs are one and two. What? What is a desert dog? You know what? Never mind. Keep going. Uh, the Panther City Lacrosse Club are one and two. Philadelphia Wings are one and two. Wow, they fit in real well with the Flyers. Is Philadelphia just a bird city? Because they got the Eagles, the Flyers, and the Wings. Like, is that is that is that what it is? Did, like, is that where that song? Fly like an eagle originated. Like I feel like if I walked into Philadelphia, I'd be like, Ca-ca! but anyway, um, Vancouver Warriors are one and two. The Calgary Roughnecks are winless, zero and two. The New York Riptide are winless, zero and two. And unfortunately, the Colorado Mammoth are winless, zero and two. Uh, but they play the New York Riptide on um, Saturday, so we will be. Uh, Rooting for a win against the New York Riptide. But that's a look at the standings right now. Um, Upcoming this week. um, So tomorrow night we have the Philadelphia Wings versus the Thunderbirds. Georgia Swarm played the Buffalo Bandits. That's going to be a good game. I will definitely have to make sure I'm watching that on ESPN Plus. Which, by the way, if you have ESPN Plus, you have access to every single NLL game. Then you can also rewatch it. Same with the PLL games. Um, the Rochester uh, Nighthawks are playing the San Diego Seals. Another good game on paper. 
Uh, New York Riptide are playing the Toronto Rock. The Las Vegas Desert Dogs are playing the Calgary Roughneck. Um, and then uh, th- th- these are sorry. Those uh, first three games were Friday. Um, also, I was incorrect with who the Mammoth are playing this week. Uh, on Saturday, it is the New York Riptide versus the Buffalo Bandits, the Las Vegas Desert Dogs versus the Calgary Roughnecks, the Vancouver Warriors versus the Colorado Mammoth. So, uh, beat Vancouver. And then uh, on Sunday, New Year's Eve, one of the uh, actually – the last game of the year for the NLL is Albany Firewolves versus the Saskatchewan Rush. So that's going to be how it, uh, how it rolls, how it starts. And then um, the next games that following week are on January 6th. And we will uh, cover that uh, next week. Um, but that's, that's what it looks like for the schedule wise. Now uh, let me, uh, begrudgingly, let me um, <laughs> recap the the uh, Colorado um, Mammoth versus the uh, Georgia Swarm game because I was there live and in person in living color. Yeah, that was uh, that was a tough one. That was a tough one to watch. Man, that was a tough one. So. Let me let me just first cover uh, some of the stats for you, and then I'll talk about my uh, personal POV for the game. So, team stats, you know, the Mammoth had 51 shots on goals, and um, the Swarm had 50. The Swarm only won 6 out of 27 face-offs, and the Mammoth won 21 out of 27 face-offs. Um, and... Uh, they were just so like they were winning the faceoffs, and uh, for the for the uh game, Seth Oaks for the Swarm was just going off. He had four goals, <laughs> and um, and Shane Jackson had six assists. Um, and uh, Connor Kelly had. Three points. Um, the Mammoth only had like two, two penalty minutes, and, uh, and Brett Dobson got a penalty. That was the funniest thing to witness. Um, but uh, this, this is these are the game leaders, and Connor Robinson had three goals. Nice little hat trick for Robinson there. Um, Dylan Ward had thirty five saves. Brett Dobson had forty two, um, and then, um, you know. The the uh, Ward allowed 15 goals, saved uh, 35 shots. Dobson had eight goals allowed, saved 42 shots. Um, it was just the unfortunate. You know what they say? Uh, <laughs> they say numbers don't lie, but also not every story is told on paper. Um, so for the for the uh, mammoth. I'll break it down to even more where it's the the um player player stats. It was literally Connor Kelly and um Tyson Gibson 
Eli McLaughlin, Dylan Kinnear, and Connor Robinson that scored goals. Um, and then uh, we had a couple. We had a couple assists and stuff. But all that aside, from a fan perspective, it just seemed like the Mammoth just couldn't string it together. Um, it was like for every one good thing that would happen, like three to four disastrous things would happen. And it was, it was like, it, it, it was like, they just couldn't get it done. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're winning. They're winning the face off. Like um, they're, they're winning the face offs there, but like the same time, they're not doing anything with it with the shot clock they're allowed or they're winning the face-offs and someone drops the pass turnover. Um, Cause you saw from the stats there, they won 21 out of 27 face-offs. You cannot be winning a majority of your face-offs and not capitalizing on it. And at the end of the day, they just couldn't capitalize on it. And the Georgia swarm was able to get hot. Um, now, while he's, his impact didn't show up on the stat sheet as much. Lyle Thompson um, was very impactful um, because he, um, and as was Jeremy Thompson, even at the faceoff stripe with not winning a lot, um, Lyle was impactful because of the, again, the presence that he commanded. Like, he was able to work the ball around and be the focal point of the offense to where they had to still be aware of him. Um, and the attention that he commanded, especially because he had like a couple of goals, like right out the gate in the first 30 seconds. But like with the attention that he was able to command out there, it was, it was taking a lot more pressure off of guys like Seth Oaks, Jeremy Thompson, even even the goalie Brett Dobson, it was taking a lot of pressure off of them just because of the attention that he was going to command. Um, so you know, a bit of a rough night for the uh, Mammoth in that one. They ended up losing fifteen to eight. Um, it was just, you know, it was tough to see. Hard watch, as the I think I think that's what the kids say uh, now in regards to things they didn't want to see, but hard watch. Um, Overall, do I think this means that the season's done? No, it's a long season. They got time. They're they're gonna they're gonna win. They're they're gonna do their thing, and I think the mammoth they're gonna fight and get their way back to the uh, top of the table and make the playoffs as one of the top eight in this year's unified table. Um, real real excited for the future especially the future of uh, lacrosse from both a college perspective, a PLL perspective, and a NLL perspective. Um, overall, I just want to see the sport grow. I, w- I love nothing more than to see um, lacrosse make its way into um, corners of the United States that we never thought was even popular or even possible. Um you know, more kids should play the sport. The sport's got a lot of history. Um, the um, indigenous people, the creators of this game, um, you know, they deserve that kind of respect. Uh, so I just want to see that legacy continue. 
And, you know, as we get up out of here, uh, I will say it is it has been nothing short of a uh, of a pleasure being a part of this network and being um, being a part of uh, this great group of friends. And shout out to the uh, other podcast on the network that would be the uh, Susie O'Boys podcast the um, Four Corners of Commentary uh, podcast, A Different Angle with Kyle and Rod, um, Susie Sports with Jermaine and Keys obviously Susie O'Boys podcast Aim High um, Shogun Soccer Sit Down, oh I forgot that one earlier, whoopsie, sorry Aaron and the CDB podcast um, I'm Dre and I'm getting up out of here uh, I look forward to seeing you guys um, down the road with further episodes. You know, this is <laughs> this is episode 21. We are we are rolling. We are rolling, moving. Uh, I'm very excited when we get to episode 25. That should be our recap episode of a of um, the documentary um, on one of the NLL teams that's come out. Um, so look forward for that one. Look forward to. Uh, making further episodes. I'm Dre and I'm getting up out of here. Thank you guys.